Welcome to Mornings at 10. Happy Monday. Kicking off the work week with some showers swinging through. Something else swinging through? How about a presidential visit? Heather and I helping you get through both today. We need your help. All right. Thanks for being with us. Uh, no, your eyes are not deceiving you. It is not a weekend morning, uh, but we're here for Shirlene and Mike. Yeah, we're excited to be here. You guys just couldn't stand not we're the to see you again. I know. I know. I have that effect on people. <laughs> we have so much news to get to this morning, including new crime stats from the MTA on the situation underground. We're also hearing from the hero officers behind the rescue on the tracks in Washington Heights last week. Plus, uh, the cost of car insurance is going up, and our area is really getting slammed, hit harder than most. Nina Pineda, you know it, joins us to talk about ways that we can all save. This morning, police continue to search for the suspects involved in a deadly shooting on the subway. Friday, violence like this, top of mind as the MTA prepares to discuss its latest crime stats. The crime prompted a surge of police officers underground. Dramatic video from last week shows officers rescue a man from the tracks. Now... We are hearing from those heroes who are in the right place at the right time. Happened in Washington Heights, and that's where Eyewitness News reporter Reagan Meji joins us live. Hi, Reagan. Hi there, Michelle. And those NYPD officers, Travis Burks and Marvel Kingston, they say they were just at the right place at the right time, and they were just doing their job. Inside here, as you said, in Fort Washington, it was about one week ago on February 18th at the West 181st Street and Fort Washington Avenue train stop in Washington Heights when officers Burks and Kingston were on patrol and heard a thud a man falling onto the southbound A train tracks. The dramatic video showing body cam of the officers jumping into action, and in less than a minute, they were able to rescue that injured man. I jumped onto the train tracks, and I picked the guy up. I literally picked him up at first. I thought the civilian I was assisting was trying to help as well, which I see he wasn't able to support him. So I just picked him up completely and then I, I hoisted him to the platform. What I did was I had another bystander do a motion to, to caution the train from coming in. And then I stayed right there to assist my partner and the bystanders to help the guy off the track area. This is what we signed up for, to help the people of New York. Now, the presence of officers in the subway system is clearly beneficial, and in January, a surge of officers dispatched into the subways, and as a result, a 17.5% dip in crime from February 1st to the 24th. However, despite that impact, crime numbers in the subway system are still up. Most recently, last Friday, police say a 45-year-old William Alvarez was shot and killed during a fight on a D train in the Bronx. Now, police have identified the three suspects involved, and they need your help locating them. 24-year-old Justin Hurd, 38-year-old Betty Cotto, and 42-year-old Alfredo Trinidad. Chief Kemper says tackling crime on the subway is a main focus. And Friday's fatal subway shooting marks the third homicide in the subway system this year. Many young people have reported poor mental health during and after the COVID-19 pandemic. And a new study finds that the rate of prescribing antidepressants has spiked among this group. Yeah, the number of young Americans between the ages of 12 and 25 being prescribed antidepressants was already growing before the pandemic, but it increased nearly 64% faster after 2020. Let's talk to a doctor. We have Dr. Victor Fernari uh, joining us. Thank you so much for uh, talking to us about this. He's the director of child and adolescent psychiatry at Cohen Children's Medical Center. Why are we seeing this kind of surge in pills, prescriptions, antidepressants for kids, doctor? Well, first of all, the Surgeon General declared a child mental health crisis together with the American Academy of Pediatrics, 
the American Academy of Child Psychiatry, and the Children's Hospital Association because of the dramatic increase in both anxiety and depression in young people during the past several years. In many ways, this finding is promising because it's hopeful that those youth affected by both anxiety and depression can now be treated where these medications have been shown that they're evidence-based to reduce anxiety and reduce the symptoms of depression. So I'm pleased to see that uh, those affected youngsters are receiving adequate treatment for their symptoms. So we saw depression rates rising amongst the youth uh, before the pandemic, and then when the pandemic happened, they shot up even higher. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, is there any correlation between um, social media maybe and what's leading to this? Or maybe now that we have um, less of a stigma around mental health, just more kids are coming forward. What do you, what do you think is the driving factor there? Well, a few things to remember is when you see the increase in rates of what's called an antidepressant, that class of medication is FDA approved to treat anxiety as well. So a lot of that increase in prescription is to treat anxiety, not just depression, although depression was increasing as well. Mm -hmm. This trend had certainly been present prior to the pandemic and the pandemic aggravated it so that the rates of both anxiety and depression in young people were thought to double from uh, pre-pandemic levels. What do you, so, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, I was just going to ask. Obviously, this kind of medication is, can be truly life-saving for these kids, but that's a really stark number, 64% yeah. increase. Do you think that that relates to more people knowing that there's the potential for help and knowing they have access to help, or mm. do you think it starts getting into the zone of maybe over-prescribing for young people? One of the silver linings of the pandemic was bringing mental health to the kitchen table. It is now natural and normal to talk about health because we know there's no health without mental health. So in many ways, stigma, destigmatizing mental health care has become an important aspect of an outcome of the pandemic. I don't believe this represents overprescribing. I think this represents a destigmatizing of mental health issues and people's willingness to seek care and to treat those that are affected. Doctor, before we let you go, the uh, National Library of Medicine says about 12% of kids are on these pills. Is that correct? Does that sound right to you? More than one out of 10? Well, it turns out that about 10% of youth in our country pre-pandemic met criteria for at least one anxiety disorder. And, and certainly we know that a significant number also significantly suffer from depression. So if you imagine that those rates nearly doubled, you're talking about more than 25% of kids meeting criteria for either an anxiety disorder wow. or a, a mood disorder during the pandemic and now. So that 12% is a high number, but it doesn't seem to be uh, out of proportion to what we know the rates of these disorders represent. Wow, wow. it could be more like one in four. Sure. Thank you, sir. All right, welcome back. A new study finds about half of college graduates are working in jobs that don't use their specific degrees. Analytics firm Burning Glass Institute 
and nonprofit Strata Education Foundation conducted this study. The study found choice of major, internships, and getting the right first job after graduation are critical yes. to career paths. Also found five to ten years after graduation, many college-educated workers remain underemployed. The study raises questions about the value of a college education and its costs. So uh, interesting. Buyer beware, or maybe you should just get an education when you're in college and worry about the rest of it outside. You're exhibiting econ poli sci from Duke. Because but so many journalists, genius. so many journalists, you're, you're funny, <laughs> but so many journalists, history or yeah. language yep. or bio or political science. Poli is a big one. Yeah. That's a big one because it helps yeah. you. And if you, right. even if you were doing pre-law or something like that, yes. it can really help you in a journalism career. I went to school for communications pretty broad. Everything I learned was on the job. Mm -hmm. Once I got my foot in the door, then I was able to make moves right. and navigate it. But you learn everything by doing it, I feel. But in school, you were learning all kinds of stuff, not Cameras, just job training. Everything. But not just job training. Not just job training. You were learning history and courts yeah. and law and bio. You were doing I math and all that stuff. I slept through our history. I, you know, I did all that. You <laughs> I slept through our history. Yeah, right. Okay. I don't believe I'm glad that. you were sleeping and taking care of your health, right? <laughs> exactly. It'll be interesting to see if this kind of shifts back to more of a focus on vocational schools or trade schools. Yes. You know what I mean? Which is so important. So so important, cost less, it, it's a juggernaut, yeah. it's fantastic. That is job You training. don't have to go to college and spend all that money necessarily and be in debt. You can learn a trade, there, it's yeah. fantastic. You can be making crazy bank I wonder if and schools, have a skill. I don't know, do schools here still have like the BOCES program? Like when I was in high school, they had a BOCES program where if you were interested in culinary arts. Oh yeah, they do, yeah, we do day, those stories all the time. Yeah, Computers, half day you would cool. spend Tech. in an actual restaurant or yep. interning yeah. so you can get physical hands-on experience. And so I did good. that in, in college. And I'm in high school, and I knew, okay, this is what I want to do. It helps solidify it for me. So, so I highly recommend any kids do, you know, Do that. Start as early as you know. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And also, the, I mean, they talked about this in the study, but the internships are key. Totally. And the fact that yes. internships are paid now are key because Gosh. you don't have to work at a restaurant to pay off your, your bills, yeah. right? You can go and work in the internship, and then boom, you're right in there right after college. I loved so my internship pay attention. here at WABC. They, Did you? They, they did you get paid? A, a nice stipend. I, thank you. WABC. I interned here in the city, not here, and I did not get paid. And I, I didn't either. Uh, that was a rough, yeah, rough it was time. bad. Imagine living in New York City without getting paid, no, but you're working 60 hour weeks. I suddenly. survived though, and then I went back to school for weather. So I had to go to school twice because I didn't get it right the first time. But I hopefully now that I'm here, let's get you're doing it right. right. Figured it out. Just took me two rounds. Police on the hunt for suspects behind a scary home invasion in Queens. A man held at gunpoint as robbers raided the home. Eyewitness News reporter Phil Tate is live in East Elmhurst with the latest. And Phil, you spoke with the name. I did speak with the neighbor, but police tell us right now that those three suspects got away with about $30,000 worth of cash, along with an unspecified amount of jewelry and a safe. Now, it's just the townhome right behind me that was at the center of this home invasion just hours ago. Let's get to some scene video from earlier today. That's where we see police tape, which aligns the outside of this home with police presence as that investigation was in its early stages and just getting underway. Now, this all happened just before 2 a.m. this morning here on Ditmar's Boulevard, where police say the victim met the armed trio outside of this East Elmhurst home before they forced him inside at gunpoint. Well, cops tell us this morning of the three men, one of them had on gray sweatpants and got away in a silver four-door vehicle that may have been an Audi. Well, I spoke with one frightened neighbor who didn't want to appear on camera, but says the homeowner moved in about six months ago and wonders if these high-end vehicles just outside lured these suspects in. 
of course worried because I have children and a family, but generally it is safe. I'm just not sure if this is just a targeted attack. I mean, generally it's a pretty safe neighborhood. Um, this is uh, the Dimars Boulevard section uh, is one of the main veins that leads to all the highways. And right now, an active investigation continues as no arrests have been made as police really just work to find who was behind this very violent home invasion. Uh, so many things costing customers more these days. I feel like every day we say mm -hmm. something costs yeah. more. This time, it's car insurance, which saw its biggest jump in 40 years. Now, luckily, we have Nina Pineda here to give us the facts and maybe hopefully a few tips on how to save. <laughs> Nina. Talk about sticker shock. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the prices of this went from zero to 60 since December. And it's not just for those of us with cars. If you're carless in the city, which you are, yep. you're paying more in Lyft and Uber too. Yeah, oh, definitely yeah. because these rates are so high. Let's look at the numbers here because I was pretty shocked. This is according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, how much this went up just from 2023 to 2024. The national average is now $2,543. We are paying 26% more. That's a $529 mm. jump each. Wow. Mm. I mean, that's more than beef, more than eggs. You know, we have kept talking about how much steak costs. That's like eight times the rate of inflation. So why, right? I mean, some of the factors were because repair costs went up. So prices of parts, you know, there was a shortage of labor. And I thought this was really interesting. Apparently, after the pandemic, we went like crazy on the roads and mm -hmm. way more accidents, way more serious accidents, a lot of accidents involving litigations. So insurance companies said, you know, we have these rates, these claims in the millions and millions, and they're really hefty and we have to do something. They had to get permission actually to raise these. So really bad news for New Yorkers, of course. Uh, of course, it's going to cost us more than anywhere else sure. in the country to drive around the Empire State. We're paying about $1,000 more than everybody else, more than that. $3,848 a year to insure a car in New York. That is a, a rate that more than doubled. We're up like 52%. Okay, so is there anything you can actually do about this or are the rates what they are? Can you haggle basically? You can, you, can okay. you definitely can. And I'm about mm -hmm. to do that too, because my yeah. rate jumped from like 230 for two cars to about 330. So you Ooh. definitely want to wow. request a policy review. Call, start with, before you jump to another company, start with your own. Call your own company, ask them to review the policy, definitely shop around. See if you can maybe increase your deductible to de um, that would help and then decrease any non-essential coverage. Mm -hmm. This is important. You have to have liability by law, but if your car is like an old car, you don't really need comprehensive. And these are some places you can go. Zebra, Everquote, Experian, Policy Genius. These are um, comparison sites you can go to online. You can punch in your numbers, where you live, your age, your driving record, and then it'll spit you back out what the premium could be. I thought it was really interesting that Experian was in this game. Yeah. Yeah. And you know mm -hmm. why? Apparently, Credit score has a lot to do with your risk factor. Really? So if you're paying your bills on time, and I know you said your dad taught you to be frugal yeah. and manage your, manage your finances, not the same with me. So my credit score is not so great. But if you have good credit score, sure. you should be getting a lower weight because you're less of a risk factor. That is so interesting. Mm -hmm. You're on top sense. of things. It makes sense. You know, I looked up also the governor's office says car thefts are up. 25 percent that we're seeing yes. an increase of 26 percent right we covered all and the that's time in new york on the yeah news. my car was stolen out of the driveway i did not have my fob in it i swear 
Maybe. Maybe it was under the seat. I don't know. It wasn't in the cup holder. <laughs> yeah. But there are some other discounts that you can look at. And Michelle and Pedro, I'm going to need you to help me with this okay. We're on in it. a second. Because the other discounts that I did not know about were if you pay more, like pay all up in front or pay biannually, you can get a discount. Also, if you go paperless, you can get a discount. Good grades, military, seniors, good driving record, defensive mm -hmm. driving. Um, if you take one of those classes, that'll help lower your rates. So you want to ask about some of these discounts and this thing called telemetrics, what I, which I didn't, telematics, sorry, which I didn't know a lot about, but Pedro does. Yeah. Michelle, start with the good student thing because you really right. filled me in on this on how good grades yeah. can help you. I'm about to have a driver. She's got her permit. Yes. Exciting. Scary. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you can <laughs> save like $300 a year if your kid has good grades. And good grades means a B or better. And so you submit the grades and your new driving kid can, you can save some money on that kid because they are rule followers, apparently. Right. The credit score, all of this weighs in. Yeah. And then also, if your kid goes going to college and doesn't have a car, you get a discount oh, for that as well off. because it's like, you know, it's like the mm -hmm. same thing for a convertible. If sure. you're not using it during the winter, you take it off your insurance for that time. All right, well. but Isabel, mm -hmm. you know, what a good girl. Yeah. <laughs> when Jack follower. gets behind the wheel. Yeah, it's a little different it's for boys, different too. for boys. <laughs> yeah, it's a little higher for boys, so let them Sorry, know what's a girl driving yeah. and what her grades are. All right. Or <laughs> good grades with the boy, too. Okay. Telematics. Yeah. Um, this is when you sign up for usage-based monitoring, yeah. as in an app or um, something you actually install in your car, sure. and, it, and it tells you how fast you're driving, how much you brake, how many miles you use. Did you feel, um, Pedro, you told me, uh, I just switched over. I just got new insurance myself. Oh, okay. And the prices were a bit higher. Um, for example, Tesla, they have it in the vehicles that they can see how you're driving, if you're hitting the brakes too hard, if you're following too close to someone, all that things, and that can affect your score. Here in New Jersey, New York, Tesla doesn't offer insurance, so it really doesn't matter there. But places like USAA, uh -huh. they have an app they'll give you. And they'll test you for you know 14 days, a couple months, and your discount can go anywhere from 30% to zero based right. on how you drive, how many infractions. It could be something, you look at your phone, that's an infraction. You Even at a red light stop, you look at your phone, uh -huh. they'll hit you with that. Or even if you pick up the phone, a phone call they know you're with your car, it. they know, through your app. Mm -hmm. If you pick up your your phone, like on my car, it's through my vehicle. It's right. safe, but that's still an infraction. So depending on if you drive, if you if you um, how you drive, it knows if you brake too hard because if the phone moves. It, Did it'll you know, think I this guess. was too much, Big Brother? It was a bit, but honestly, you're going to give me thirty percent. Uh, I'll take it yeah, I'll take for it. driving well my to phone, begin my with. My phone now, it, right. like honestly, goes into my glove box now, and I don't even look at it. Okay. Mm -hmm. it, just to give me that, like, to keep me from even looking at it, so I can get that thirty percent discount. Well, Pedro, I'm on your side. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all because of you. It's all. Because I don't even have to be here. All because of you. <laughs> Thank you, Nina. Definitely. Thank Listen, you, Nina. and the thing is, you have to ask. If you don't ask, you won't get. Yep. That's right. right. We should give you a cut. Good, Good job, guys. Thank you. <laughs>